0: Welcome to Software Spotlight, your front row seat to the latest innovations in software for small business. I'm Michael Burnswide, your host, and each week we are joined by executives at leading software companies to get an insider's perspective on the emerging technologies, business strategies, and market trends shaping the future. Tune in to stay ahead of the curve each week on leveraging software to boost productivity and growth in your business. Be sure to visit our website, softwareoasis.com, to access our free weekly software newsletter and sign up for our upcoming 2024 webinar series. Today, I'm excited to say that we're being joined by Sean Tepper. He's a software project manager and entrepreneur who shares his knowledge on YouTube, covering topics like stock investing, business ideas, marketing, and software development. He first taught himself to code in college before leading engineering and project management teams at various startups. Sean enjoys building products and providing practical tips for aspiring founders on how to cost effectively, validate ideas, and turn business concepts into reality. So with that, Sean, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Michael. Thanks for the invite. Wonderful uh, to connect with you today and I've been quite honestly on a personal level following the the solution for for some time and uh, it's really exciting what you've you you and your team have put together and I was hoping we could peel back and uh take a, a little bit of a, a look at the journey so I was hoping you could give us a little bit of uh background on yourself and what led you to start uh ticker
1: sure you got it so my background is about twenty years in tech. I built my first business in the two thousands. It was an agency, and we built a lot of software and websites for small and mid sized businesses. And um, this was through the recession, so I didn't make like any money. <laughs> it was a it was a volume game where we we brought in a lot of projects, completed those projects, got them out the door. Now in the last year, two thousand ten, we did start bringing on some bigger brands. And a larger agency did approach us and say, "Hey, would you merge with us?" And at that point, I was really looking for a change. I I was not in love with the service business uh, any longer. I respect it, but I, I wasn't passionate. I'm like, I want to I want a SaaS business. I was looking at Salesforce, Mailchimp. Netflix and I'm like, I want that. That's that's the ideal model. Um mm-hmm. so anyway, went through the merger. It wasn't like a big check was written, like, hey, here's a million dollars, you can go do what you want. It was none of that. It was all debts and liabilities wiped clean. Service businesses, if you don't already know, they don't have a big exit multiple because they're very uh liability intensive, a lot of payroll. Um sure. so Went through the merger. I knew I wanted to create a SaaS, didn't have any great ideas. So path of least resistance, let's go do consulting for large corporations. So I got into project management at that point. And some of the organizations I worked for include GE and Kohler, both great companies, make great products. And um, I did start a few businesses in parallel, a few tech startups um, and and mostly failures, but learned a lot. Um, and I also got into investing around 2011. But I started with angel investing, investing in private tech companies, Um, made some money, lost some money, but didn't have any big wins, brought me to 2015. And I'm like, I could be swinging for the fences here with angel investing for the next 30 years. Like, I got to change this. (laughs) So I turned to Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, and I'm like, these guys are able to beat the market consistently. And I know they're not gambling men. They They do not use emotions and they do not use feelings. So what does that tell you? that tells us they're using some sort of logic to start their their process with picking good businesses. And I'm like, "If if they're doing it, I can figure this out. I can reverse engineer this. So I went down the YouTube rabbit hole, read as many books as I could, and I was able to find a guy by the name of Phil Town who did provide some of the calculus in his books, put it into Excel, added my own flavor. I wanted to gamify this system into like a red light, green light decision-making process so I don't make bad decisions. I don't want to buy bad businesses and lose my money. Um, And he teaches you should be making 15% or more in the market. Warren Buffett, he can make 50%. He's talked about that if you were managing $10 million or less, he could make consistently 50% of the market. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. Put it into Excel. Um, Point system of zero to 100. I'll provide a demo here in a little bit. What ticker looks like, but over four years made returns between 15 and 50%. And this brought me to th- 2019. And I started sharing this Excel sheet with a few other retail investors as well as an institution. There's a family practice I shared it with. And everybody was like, hey, when are you going to turn this into a software so others can use it? I'm like, all right, I've got a SaaS idea 10 years later. And <laughs> it's like overnight, here we go. Um, It took about a year to build the first version. We went live in 2020. It took about six months to get the first paying customer, but I knew that because I've been building tech for a long time at this point. Your idea when you launch a tech is not to get customers or paying customers, is to get people on the platform in return. You want feedback really fast because you want to make the tool for them, not for me, essentially. Um, So then, yeah, it's been this journey of just iteration, making the tool better. And now today... Three and a half years later, we've got a little over. We just crossed 9,000 customers in about 50 countries. And the model, so everybody knows, Ticker is a stock screener, an educational platform all-in-one. It's not a broker. You still need to use, like I use TD Ameritrade. You can use Robinhood. You can use interactive brokers. That's where you buy and sell your stocks. You need Ticker to understand what you're doing. You're not buying bad, buying bad businesses and you're making wise investment decisions. And it's all based on value investing. So it's not about trading. It's all about smart investing, but looking for those big returns that are between 15 and 50% is what we tell our customers. That's what you're aiming for.
0: So it's almost the the opposite of, you know, you know, day trading or, you know, buying and selling, you know, lots of of (laughs) stocks very quickly. It's really more of a, a, a buy and hold, but buy and hold the correct the uh, so correct products,
1: right? We we phrase it as not just buy and hold, but buy and buy more. It's the discipline of treating it like your cell phone bill, or your mortgage, or your rent. It's like or your energy bill. Like you have to be investing a percentage of your paycheck every month. That's that's when you really build your wealth. There's, I won't go off on a tangent here, but there are investors in our community that are very new. They'll buy a stock in month one. And then they'll wait three three months, they'll wait six months, they'll wait nine months, and then buy their second stock. You can't do that. That's lazy investing. You want to be vigilant buying every month.
0: So just consistently buying, Correct. you know, what you can afford each paycheck, each month, C- each. Correct. And to be specific, we tell people try to get between f- like
1: 15 to 30% of your monthly income should be invested. If you can't get that high, that's okay. Start small start with like a hundred bucks, but work your way out. But if you can, if you can ride between 15 and 30%, I've got case studies. I tell you what we're talking, I've got one on a janitor that become a multimillionaire by simply doing that.
0: And let me ask you uh, just one, one detail that you mentioned there, you spent six months until you had your first customer. <laughs> so, you know, obviously you had, Uh, uh, an idea and a concept and something that, you know, a lot of passion and uh, entrepreneurial, you know, energy that behind that. But um, what would you say to an entrepreneur who's started a SaaS company and they're in that, that initial year? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're trying to find product market fit. They're trying to yep. figure out the, the model. And, you know, as as you and I know, you know, many businesses do not make it. Um, you know, in fact, the majority of businesses and startups don't make it. So how what, what kind of advice would you give to an entrepreneur who's, you know, looking to get past that initial period and to overcome a lot of the, the challenges there?
1: Yeah, so your you want to set expectations right off the bat. So and then I'll give you tips, your audience tips here and what to follow through with. So and I have statistics saved but 92% of SaaS businesses fail in the first 3 years. And it's a big part of it is not the business being a bad idea or the business failing, it's it's the revenue was not there and the founders shut it down. Um so you got to think long term because it can take three to five years to find product market fit. There, you'll see the guru on YouTube or that success story that they are the minority. Like, oh, we launched a SaaS business in six months. It started achieving a million ARR. That is super rare. Like, it's a three to five year journey, and you don't want to put the weight on yourself. Like, if you're in that first year, put the weight on your customer, but in a good way. You want to go to them, you want to be talking to customers if not every day it's every week get on zoom calls and if you don't have paying customers that's okay give it away for free but get on zoom calls what do you like what don't you like use the mom test if you ever read that book it's all about asking questions not about what do you like about our product it's asking questions questions such as what products do you currently pay for and why why do you continue to pay for it? Cause if, if you can get inside their head, ah, okay. So that's why they're spending money month over month or year over year. We can do that. And you do that with one person, 10 people, 20 people, a hundred people. That's when you can put your business on a laser focused path. But it's your first year is that like, I'll tell you what the first three years of my business were that interviews with customers. You got to think long-term and realize that it's not the business that fails. It's the Business founder owner, they give up,
0: and you know that's so interesting. You know, obviously, um, connecting directly with the person who's going to be using your solution. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, while you you built a solution that you knew worked for yourself, that that's only half the battle. And a lot right. of the best products do come from you know you know innovations that were created you know for for being used internally within an organization. Uh, yeah. Uh, Great example of that would be Slack. You know, that that is uh, Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean that that's a solution mm-hmm. that was about developed that story? As an in, internal tool. Um and for anyone that's that's listening, definitely uh shall I say Google Google that story and it's it's a good one. But at the end of the day, clearly, you know reaching out and speaking to your customers, whether they're the individuals using your product mm-hmm. you know or you know others in the industry and and asking for help um i think it's yeah. so important and finding mentors finding mentors early on that uh can help you you know level up and get your right. growth trajectory in in the right direction i think that that's something that that's so interesting and i've even found that with uh scaling software oasis a lot of um times, you know, individuals are more than willing to help. And uh, sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, reaching out and and asking for, asking. for help to uh, partner or, you know, figure out what the, the right path forward is. So that that's yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess the other question that I had in terms of reaching out to your customers, and this might be a great um, teachable moment, as mm-hmm. far as... Uh, getting on those calls with you know different people that are using your product, what what type of um, of, of messaging? Like how how do you get individuals on the, the the Skype calls with you? What what would you recommend? What's been successful?
1: Well, what I found is you kind of find people that are you know they're kind of interested in what you're doing, like. For like we serve the retail investors, so stock investing a lot of people are into that, so it's not too hard to find that people, but let's say you're a little more niche and you're into like you know logistics for small and mid sized businesses you know you're you kind of narrow your market, but you want to reach out to people, and be like, "Hey, can I get on the call with you?" Um, could I set up a zoom for you half hour? I'm going to get your feedback. We want We're trying to solve some problems in this industry. And I love your feedback. So kind of use that phrasing. As soon as you put it that way, you're, you're not trying to sell anything. Like you honestly want feedback and, and let them know like, Hey, I want you using this tool. Um, and I'm not going to charge you anything. I just, again, I want your feedback, but we want to solve problems. And the only way, and I, I always say this is the only way we can get better. Is getting help from our customers our audience because we can't do it ourselves. and as if you position the language that way it's it's not selfish it's very collaborative and, and most people are receptive to that we even do that in our churn sequence if people leave we always it's automated but it says thanks first off thanks for giving us a try second the only way we can get better is by making improvements to the tool what can we do to make the platform better just lean into humility and a lot of people are like okay so, maybe it's not the thing right now, but it's here. Here's what you can do better. I tell you what, you this is going to be a tough pill to swallow, but you don't want the good feedback all the time. It's like the yeah, 80 20 rule. You want 80% of your feedback, you want the bad feedback. Like, I can handle the pain. Let me know what we got to do better. The 20% that's like, hey, it's the best thing I've ever used. It's like, well, that's, that makes you feel good, but it doesn't make a better platform.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm sure you've had a lot of aha moments when you were speaking with some of the customers early on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and that probably, you know, helped you figure out the right roadmap in the right direction. hundred percent. Now, from where you originally started at a high level to where you are now, um, can you bullet point the big differences between what you thought the market wanted versus oh. what the market really wanted? So I wanted
1: a tool that... It was more analysis heavy and allows you to get 15 to 50% to really beat the market. So I started with marketing languages that was like, beat the market, um, get bigger returns. And I tell you what, there are some people out there, even on Twitter, that really lit me up like, that's impossible. And they're naive for thinking that, but they were right in the fact that that's not the language we need to use. What we learned is what people really want, it's not about getting rich, or building your wealth on autopilot, or beating the market, or beating professionals. Like that stuff we can all do, but nobody cares about that. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. The majority of people don't care about that. What they care about is one word confidence. They want the confidence to do this on their own. If they can rest their head on their pillow at night, knowing they bought really good businesses and they avoided buying bad businesses, that right there, that is the touchdown feeling the majority of our audience wants. So we just started leaning into that language confidence and and now we're kind of using the the slogan clear confident investing and people are like all right I want I want to learn what you're doing there but as soon as we say beat the market it's like eh, skepticism and <laughs> sure sure people, yeah. sure, people put so. their
0: defenses up and you know to me what what's really interesting is you know it sounds like you may have almost been thinking Uh, more of a, we're going to show you how to figure this out versus you've confidently provided a formula that helps them walk through the paces of picking Mm -hmm. the correct, correct uh, stocks confidently.
1: Yeah. And, and so, you know, and your audience knows we're the only platform on the market that's open source with a calculation. So we do tell people like when they join, They can go to our calculations. We got ticker.com, which is the front-facing marketing sites. It's it's got a blog and all that good stuff. But there's articles that walks you through how to invest and step-by-step, but also shows you the calculations behind ticker. And we tell people, if you really want, go create your own version of ticker. You don't have to use us. You can go create your own. However, we'd love if you stay with us. And just by kind of letting people know you can go create your own version, it kind of removes the barriers like, okay, these people really... You know, they want to help you out. So it's yeah. kind of like what Volvo did. I think it was 1959 where they had the patent on the three-point harness for the seatbelts and they could have charged a fortune. And they're like, we're just going to give the patent away. Like it's our patent, but just yeah. put Safety's it in your So, so much more important. <laughs> exactly. And and we kind of look at it the same way. Like we would rather see people investing wisely instead of like trying to trade some MAME stock that's going to be hot for the next 15 minutes and then go bankrupt a year from now
0: which <laughs> so you know yeah. people
1: get involved in that and I I had a I won't go off on a tangent here but I've had people sure. come to me and say I invested in this marijuana stock and I thought it was going to the moon and now it's like almost out of business and I'm like should have been sorry should have been using ticker so
0: and it's interesting. It's not like you're you're saying we have the, the, the secret sauce or the no. secret formula like Colonel Sanders with KFC. <laughs> but <laughs> no. uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're you're really very open about sharing where the numbers come from, what they're mm-hmm. all about and how you arrive at uh yeah. at what you're arriving at and where the answers come from. So I think that that is very uh confidence yeah. boosting. Um can you walk me through like from, from when someone gets started with Ticker all the way through to the point where they're ready to make their initial investment, what, yep. what that journey looks like? You got it.
1: So I have to give some credit here to previous company i worked for, uh, Kohler. The, what they do is they, they, again, they make great products, but what they really emphasize is creating a gracious experience from A to Z. So it's got to be every email, every phone call, every touch point of customer service, usage of software. It has to be a gracious experience. And a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't go to that. They don't go the full nine yards to really make that happen. So and I I push our team like everything, every email, every touch point in the software, if you can get from A to Z, With five clicks, how do we do it in four? How do we do it in three? Make it better. And we really emphasize that. So in our onboarding, we really emphasize creating a welcoming, gracious experience. People join. They get their welcome email. You made the first step. Congratulate them. Make them feel pumped. and Let them know what they can expect next. I'm big on threes and marketing. If you can break things down in simple terms, like here are the next three steps you should be taking. Um, We break that down. And then we send them a new educational email over the next twenty five days, teaching them something new about investing. And we also give an option an option if they want to just skip it; they can all read them all on our blog. Okay. So oh, I want to binge it right now. Great, go do that. <laughs> you know, so it's that experience. So over the course of a month, you've got high touch education, nothing selling, nothing selling. We just want people investing with confidence. And then our, our model is a 14 day free trial, no credit card. We want people test driving the car with like least friction as possible. And then after 14 days, you can upgrade yourself. You can add your credit card from there. And we do get it like that. Any listeners out there that are creating a churn or I'm sorry, creating a SaaS and you want to reduce churn and really increase onboarding, like create that gracious experience. I like the no credit card required, get them in. Because if you let the platform and the experience do the talking for you, they will add their credit card on their own. So that's kind of the experience of right. uh, and platform. It's
0: so interesting because at the end of the day, where you sit is so atypical for most financial tools. Most tools are really you know, trying to make a cut of the the investment or Mm -hmm. trying to lead a a customer down a certain path or, and, and ticker is exactly the opposite. It's really trying to impart knowledge and help people uh, make better investment decisions uh, with knowledge. Right on.
1: This goes back to the confidence thing and people doing it on their own. Like, and everybody can like i've i've got case studies upon case studies of people who are they've never you know run businesses they've they've never you know worked in the world of finance you don't need to like we one of my good buddies is a professor in in university and he he uses the the phrase like you don't want to use 20 dollar words don't try to be the smartest person in the room. Just speak to somebody like you're having a beer or if they're not a beer drinker, like you're having a cup of coffee, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that makes you more relatable. And and we really lean into that. Like we're not like all the financial acronyms and terms. We break them down in simple terms. Here's what they mean. And, and we still see, so you, so you guys know, we still recommend working with a fine financial advisor if you're in a point in your life where you like sold a business or sold some real estate or inherited capital from a loved one you don't want to do anything stupid with a large chunk of change that just hit your bank account like you want to put some protection in place and we say hey go to an advisor but if you're in wealth building mode not wealth protection mode wealth building mode which most people are you want to be using ticker because that's that's where you put your foot on the gas and really accelerate with those bigger returns
0: Sure. No. And obviously tax strategy and other, you know, strategies for diversification and all of that are many times uh, best handled by uh, an investment professional. Right. So the other question, uh, as far as the, you know, not to get into the weeds, but the tech stack in terms of uh, Docker, can you talk a little bit about uh, what enables the capabilities and how you've built the tech stack?
1: Could I share with you... uh the the m v p journey is kind of funny, and then we could, yeah,
0: no, that would be really fun, <laughs> so sure. this
1: will be a good tip for anybody creating a sass you don't have to create the home run product, well, you shouldn't even try to right off the gate, so I invested like uh thirty grand into an m v p which was built with like p h p and MySqL, like you know two thousand and three called and want their software tech stack back in type situation,
0: <laughs> you yep. know
1: it's like um, but it was enough to get like a product out to people to start getting feedback. And then you then you start getting feedback and you say, okay, where can we go from here? Now, that was uh, version one. Version two, we made a mistake. I kind of brought on a team of people and they pigeonholed us with, it was we were using um, the same stack we use today, but we pigeonholed ourselves into an architecture that we could not expand and add new features. We we went to node.js and- um, Sure, Uh, MongoDB backend which is great but again we we got into a mode where we needed to add more features because customers were looking more features more bells and whistles more data and we spent a year going from v2 to v3 i was so upset but it is what it is but we went to v3 which is a totally different design layout but allows to add more menu items more buttons and still keep the efficiency i'm big on efficiency from getting from point a to point z, I'm with the least amount of clicks possible. Apple is very good at that. anybody who uses apple products sure um so v three it it took about three years to get v three or since the it was like literally a year by year thing year one was you know. That was version one, year two, version two, year three, version three. It's like, we could have just skipped. We could have been so much further ahead if we would have not done version two.
0: And You know, the reality of it is in the journey of software development, um, you can always spend more money and it'll always cost more and take longer than you ever expect. It always does. It's just the reality. And obviously a lot of the no-code, low-code tools and, Mm -hmm. you know, Preset uh, front end and back end. A lot of that didn't exist when you were right. We're, were, were starting out, so right, yeah,
1: yeah. And I got to share something else too. Is the team I I started with? You know, they it was, and I've managed talent from all over the globe. And this particular team from India, they I've worked with them a little. Like they're able to build websites, but a SaaS it was out of their capabilities. They could not build payment systems with. My custom payment systems with PayPal and Stripe and do like like upsells, downsells. Like that was, it was so hard for them. I moved to another guy that I worked with before. He was barely able to make it happen. The third team was, um, they they were able to do version two and then version three. They were able to execute. And we use just, this is a good tip for uh, people creating SaaS business out there. Use a system like we use Paddle. Paddle allows you to do sales all around the globe, handles the taxes for you automatically, and can do what's called parity pricing, which is you see the pricing of like you're in India, you see rupees. If you're in Germany, you see euros. And you can even adjust the prices a little bit too. So for example, somebody in India, they're not going to pay equivalent to 99 bucks a month. That's too expensive. So you reduce the prices per country. It's really slick. I know I think Chargebee is a competitor um, yeah, but that's where they're, you want to go, right? Don't don't raw dog it and go with like PayPal or Stripe. You're going to create problems.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and interesting side note: they were actually a, a startup, or either Paddle or the company that acquired them, Profitware startup. Well. Right? Yeah, right, right here in Boston, uh, which is where we're, we're located. So, yeah, I think nice. now they're in England, but absolutely a market leader in you yep. know, pricing and and all of that. So they yeah, they
1: nice. are. One of the best decisions we made from a SaaS standpoint. They're awesome.
0: Yeah, in terms of intelligence, un- yep. unbelievable. So yep. yeah, now that, that's a really interesting uh, journey. And if you were to speak to some of our listeners that may be looking at other solutions in this space within the market, um can you bullet point for me, you know, what... What differentiates Ticker from some of the other solutions that people maybe have on their plate that they're considering? Absolutely.
1: So Ticker's biggest competitors would be uh, simply Wall Street and Seeking Alpha. And I always tell our customers, I will always give rave reviews of our competitors. So, and if you don't want to use Ticker, go use Simply Wall Street or Seeking Alpha. They're probably, Simply Wall Street's probably a little more geared for beginners. We're probably the best for beginners. Like we really are simple. Second place would be Simply Wall Street. Third place Seeking Alpha. But Seeking Alpha has a whole bunch of content. It's unbelievable. They're probably best in class there. But how we're different, number one. We, uh, we're open source, right? Our calculations, you want to see, you want to look behind the curtain, you want to do the math in Excel or go create another platform on your own, do it. Like that's how we're different there. Number two, you can see my portfolio. When you join, people can see the stocks I hold and the percentage of allocation um, and no other planet like or platform, <laughs> their CEO or founder, they don't show their portfolio what stocks they hold. So, um, what it does is it gives people a, like a confidence boost. They know kind of what stocks to aim for in the be- beginning. Okay, so if Sean's investing in this is probably not a bad business. You know, it's kind of the framework. The third reason is I always tell people don't even listen to me. Like, I could talk about ticker and stocks all day, but don't even listen to me. Go to Trust Pilots, where our Trust Pilot score a 4.9 out of five. We're the highest in the industry.
0: That's fantastic. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, for, for me and probably for a lot of our, our community listening, um, you know, having a a solution that they can confidently, you know, go through their investment strategy where, you know, at the end of the day, most people have busy lives. They have a lot of things going on. It's probably not the hardcore focus of where they're spending Mm -hmm. 90% of their day. And the, uh, you know the the fee to uh, to get started is almost a no-brainer i mean at the end of the day I uh, you know a lot of um a lot of solutions and a lot of uh a lot of other areas are super expensive or mm-hmm. you know as we mentioned you know a, a percentage of of your assets which is uh, is a a completely different model but uh i i, I can hear a lot of our community saying Michael, Sean, show us the solution already. <laughs> Would you mind taking us for, <laughs> sure. for a quick uh, quick uh, peek at, at the dashboard and, Abs- and, and how it works?
1: Absolutely. All right. So here, I'm um, jumping to share. Give me a second.
0: And it's it's interesting because in the early days of, of uh, podcasting, everything was just audio. Mm-hmm. So obviously being able to uh, see a visual, well, like they say, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Exactly. Can you see ticker? Okay. Yeah, no, that came up just fine.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll kind of run down the menu here. I won't go too much in detail. But uh, the first thing you'll see in the web app, we have the mobile app iOS and Android coming out in March. It'll be a very similar experience, but there'll be a few more additional features such as like a educational feature inspired by Duolingo or Babel. Um, learning modules that'll kind of swipe right, swipe left type deal, really, really helping beginners. Can't wait for that. We'll also have like a community feature inspired by Instagram and then um, a point system kind of inspired by like fitness apps to keep you on track daily. And, and so you guys know, Ticker does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. We usually tell people you could spend 15 minutes a week and you're good to go. Like, um, because it does a lot of the monitoring for you. But anyway, You've got your dashboard. That's the first thing you see here. You can customize this. There's a lot of things about this tool. You can customize more than any other investing platform. You can arrange the widgets. You can add new widgets. Like here's an example. Um, I'll add a new widget. Um, Let's go ahead. We'll just create a chart for a stock. Um, I'll put in a ticker here. Let's go. Let's go hog. Harley Davidson. uh, My hometown, Milwaukee. All right. Um, so you've got these charts that it show up, like you can see here. I've got Duolingo. I've got Targets, American Express, um, Caterpillar, Adobe, got the, the uh, S&P 500, the major index VOO. But anyway, you can kind of do whatever you want. There's other cool modules here like top gainers, top losers. Um, there's also the top search stocks. You can see what other people are looking at. Um, then we have our stocks. This is the real meat and potatoes of the platform where all the stocks are. We've got a little over 30,000 and we're always adding more, but you can kind of create filters. You can create columns. You can organize the columns in any way, shape or form. And then you can save those filters. Like here's a quick example. Um, I've got a hidden gems filter. I really like it's United States stocks, USD currency. You can see the number went down to 147 from 30,000 mid cap on sale. We'll get into the scoring system here in a second, but these are like businesses that could be really hot uh, coming up. This is kind of a cool list. Um, we also have ETFs, so if people want to play it a little more safe, you can look at ETFs, and I'll show you. Like, Here's an example of a semiconductor ETF, socks. and you can see the, the stocks within the actual ETF and what weight they're at. You can see NVIDIA is at 10%. NVIDIA is just crushing it right now. Um, and you can see how many stocks are within, you can see like the geography breakdown, which is pretty cool. Um, we do have crypto, but you can't analyze crypto because a crypto coin is not a business. It's just a digital coin. So we, we have crypto so people can set alerts on it. And then we also use crypto because it's a marketing play. We do bring crypto traders into the platform, let them know like, Hey, you could invest in crypto, which should be 5% or less but uh, you should probably be in value investing in smart businesses. That's where you're going to protect your money. Um, and then other cool features within like watch list features. This is my favorite feature. You can see my watch list here, but you add stocks to, and if anything changes with your, your summary score and margin of safety, you get notified. So if something happens to a stock, let's say it goes from green to red overnight, you can sell it before something really goes south on the business. Um, portfolio tracker is built in as well we will soon be adding broker connections so you can make trades in your broker and they automatically update within ticker you can also buy and sell stocks from ticker that's all coming soon thanks to broker connections we'll be using a company called snap trade um, then you can set alerts on stocks etfs and crypto all in one clean location like nobody's doing this this is the most simple thing to do and it just drives me crazy when i use other platforms like why don't you make all your alerts in one clean location. Um, but anyway, let's jump Makes to stocks, right? Like sure. just efficiency things. Like we're really big, just make it easy. <laughs> all right, let's go check out Apple. You can see how this thing really works. Um, actually, we'll go to a stock that is on sale. This is a stock I hold in my portfolio. This is not for financial advice, but we've got a really simple rating system. So stocks are either on sale, watch or overpriced. You're looking for those green on sale stocks. In order to get there to be on sale, you need a score of 50 or higher out of hundred and a margin of safety of 50% or higher. Um, so if you check both those boxes, you got an on sale stock. Now the score, so you know, it's the overall financial strength of of a business. We look at numbers, which a lot of your, your business uh, listeners and executives, they're going to get it. We look at revenue, we look at net income, we look at EPS, we look at free cash, also debts, liabilities, equity, and assets. And we want those numbers moving in the right direction year over year and quarter over quarter over five years. Now, if we can't get five years of data, like let's say it's an IPL stock that just went you know, live the last six months, then we get as many quarters as we can and do our analysis that way. Um, The margin of safety, that's the upside potential. So you can see Fortinet is at 68 bucks today. Upside potential, check this out, uh, 343 bucks. That's the estimated fair value in 10 years. This is very much inspired by uh, Warren Buffett, even his mentor, Ben Graham, um, and Phil Town as well. And then in the middle, if you want that little extra edge of confidence we have the 4M Confidence Booster. So we look and we teach our investors, you you should not just look at the math. Investing is more than just math. You got to look past the numbers and you got to look at the business. So the 4Ms are as follows. You've got the, I'll actually show you here. Um, we'll do a Boost Confidence. It walks you through as kind, of kind of a gamified experience to really give you that extra, like, yes, I should buy it or no, I should look for something else. So the margin of safety is the first M, that's the math. The meaning is the business model, how scalable the revenue streams are. The moat right. is how the business compares to other companies in the same sector and industry. And then the management is the track record of the CEO. Now, this is this is a framework that Phil Town uses, and is really inspired by Warren Buffett. He's big on investing what you know, right? Like, I know tech really well, but somebody comes to me with a pharmaceutical stock, I'm going to be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not your guy. Um, so that's the four Ms. You here's the gamification. So you're going for a score between 80 and 100. If you can get there, which is very hard to do, like I've never gotten 100. Like it's it, this is very rigorous. If you can get over 80 or close to that's pretty good. Anything between 60 and 79 is moderate. only really move forward if you know about the business. And then anything that's 59 or lower, you should definitely look for something else. But let's cruise through this. You'll see what this looks like. So the margin of safety is done. Then we get to the meaning. We want to see how scalable the revenue streams are. Uh, along with scalability, we look at profitability. So check this out. We're going to let AI go to work. We use OpenAI. We have the API version. So you can see it's starting to type. All right, we got a 7.5 out of 10, which is pretty good. I'll keep moving here. And we get to the meaning. How does this company perform against the stock market? We use what's called alpha which is a a term used in finance to see how stock compares against the S&P 500 or a major benchmark. Um, So over the last five years, definitely outperformed. And then we got the meaning. This is the Warren Buffett question. Invest in what you know. So um, in my case, I know a lot about this company. I'm going to say very high. All right. Then we get to the moats. All right. So we had a previous version of the 4M tool, which was manual. You had to use Google to find out who are the other companies in the same sector and industry. It's A pain in the butt. But check this out. Does it all for you. All right. So it ranks against uh, four other businesses in the same sector and industry in five different categories. You got the summary. We can see that uh, Fortinet is tied for first. So that's good. We get to the score. We can see they are second place at a 61. Uh, then margin of safety, they are tied for first at 80%. Looking really good there. Revenue scalability, they are first place at 7.5. And then alpha, they are at 0.95. So that's that's really good. They are pretty much first place the whole way or pretty close. All right. We are almost done. We're on to management. So we're gonna analyze management. Let's see what their track record is can kind of skim through the text here gives you some nice highlights management impact 7.5 and then we'll get to the glass door rating this is really interesting so I've done studies and there's other people that have too but uh check this out stocks with a company score greater than 3.7 have on average outperformed market by 6% and then stocks with a ceo approval greater than 73% on average, outperform the market by eight percent. What this tells us is happier employees actually produce bigger returns in the markets. So we like companies that take good care of their people. Um, all right. So we'll just this links to Glassdoor. You can technically skip this step and we'll calculate behind the scenes. <laughs> um, but sure. I like to click Glassdoor. It's a it's a free platform. But uh, we can see we get a four point one and Ken Z has got an eighty nine approval so we are we are hitting those numbers. Let's go ahead and see what our final score is right eighty five incredible all right there that's that's a boost of confidence of uh again, not financial advice, but getting getting above eighty it's pretty
0: hard. And I like the long time horizon. I mean, I think that that's huge. Yeah, it teaches people that,
1: you know, you shouldn't be like there are people you'll laugh at this. So when people buy stocks, their next question is, okay, when do I sell it? It's like pump the brakes. You want to be in this thing for the long haul, like you want to spend a little time looking at a few stocks, making sure it's the right stock. And then you want to buy and buy more because if when you take a step back, none of these businesses, especially good businesses, they're not going to have an off day and they're not going to wake up on a Tuesday and say, Hey, we want to slow down on our marketing or we're not feeling up to speed with building relationships with other businesses like that'll never happen. These businesses are always selling products and services and that throttle is all the way to the floor no matter what. So you can rest assured like the businesses you're investing in, they're most likely not going out of business or going south anytime soon. And if they do, this is another thing we teach our customers about stockpiling, which is the number one most important thing you will do in the stock market is you want the market to crash. I know it's completely contrarian, but it doesn't happen often. Over the last hundred years, there have been about 19 bear markets or recessions and average duration is about nine months. Now, there will be little pullbacks here and there, but you want the market to crash because that's when you deploy that dry powder, that available cash. And when that return, when it recovers, that's when you make massive returns. I tell you what, I wish I had a lot more money to invest during the recession of 2022 and part of 23. I mean, the amount of money would have made it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think if you look at the fundamentals of the market, you know, Warren Buffett, anyone else would tell you. You know, over time, as long as you have the time horizon, the yeah. market goes in one direction. Uh, absolutely. And even Warren Buffett has
1: said he, I've got so many favorite quotes of his, but he has said that he doesn't care if the market were to shut down tomorrow because guess what? The businesses he invests in, they will not. He does not care about yeah. share price. He's thinking long term buy those great businesses and then keep buying more regardless of what happens to share price. Cause the market's going to go up and down like waves in the ocean. And I train my audience, like don't look at charts. Don't worry about charts. Cause that's the market. We don't invest in the stock market. We invest in businesses. And if you can have that frame of mind, that's when you make some really serious returns.
0: That's fantastic. And I, I really appreciate that, that overview. Cause it, honestly gives, uh, you know, a, a very different perspective to, you know, people that are watching the podcast to be able to see mm. how the solution actually works in, in real life. Right on. So fantastic. And then I guess the other question that, um, you know, uh, from from where I sit that, that I'm wondering, um, as an organization and, you know, where you're, you know obviously presenting the solution to individual consumers that are are looking to to scale their portfolio how do you go about acquiring new customers is it mostly word of mouth or where where do new customers yeah. come from so we do track
1: data quite a bit or as much as we can that's one thing too, and like try to get your analytics in place, try to figure out where, where people are finding you. Um, so we get a lot of leads from YouTube. I have a, a growing YouTube channel. I'm not a Finfluencer by any means, but I'm learning what, (laughs) what works with YouTube. Um, so that's a big one. We also get leads from friends. A lot of people get referrals are big. Um, SEO. I, I have really focused on SEO a lot, um, so we get leads that way. And then partnerships, other businesses, we do work well with um, like other fintech platforms that have retail investors already in place. And then um, YouTubers and bloggers on finance, they like, we've got an affiliate program you can join for free and we pay like 30% reoccurring commission. So so people who want to create another revenue stream, they do appreciate that.
0: Sure. No, that, that's, Great. And obviously, understanding, you know, where your customers are coming from and referrals. Mm-hmm. I mean, that obviously speaks a ton about the uh, value that, that mm-hmm. your customers are receiving from from the platform. And uh, o- overall, can can you talk a little bit towards, you know, the business itself and the, the company and the culture and how you've worked to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. bring the team together to arrive at the, the solution that you have?
1: So now we we do have a really good team in place. There were, um, there were some relationships and partnerships. This is a lesson learned is like when you partner with people, don't put anything in writing. I, I highly recommend this. Don't do anything in writing. Don't sign anything. Handshake agreement for at least a year to determine how these people work. You can talk big. You can be motivated for five minutes, but then you find out when the rubber meets the road. We had some issues with people that um, use the attitude that your customer is not always right and the customer doesn't know what they want and the customer is dumb, like behind the scenes customers are dumb. And, and that, there was a lack of maturity there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I've got the wrong people in the company. Well, fortunately, those people, um, I did not have to force them out. They just left. Awesome. Like that was a blessing in itself. So I'm 100% owner at this point. There was a, a percentage split there. I was always a majority, but now I'm hundred percent and I have all contractors in my company. I'm actually the only person in the company that works. That's from the States. I've got a team engineering team. That's out of India. Um, I've got a UI UX guy. That's out of Poland. He's, he's very talented. Um, And then I've got my media team that helps out with a lot of media contents. I've got a guy from Brazil, another guy from Kenya, and another guy from Bangladesh. So we're about a team, a core team of like... Six seven people, and then with a few more engineers from India, probably brings us close to 10 people. But
0: yeah, all yeah contractors. I'll tell you, we're we're on the same page there. You know, every business that I've run over the mm-hmm. years, and I think as a, a fellow entrepreneur, you know, your first first business will be uh, your you're first in a, a journey of uh, of, of finding your way. But um, you know, I honestly believe that you really need to find the best people and, you know, mm-hmm. no matter where they are, you know, and it, it's so important to delivering the level of expectations that you have, you know, for your customers. And at the end of the day, you know, if you can do something better, do it yourself. If someone else can do something better, outsource it, you know, yeah. why, why not? You know, you, you know, it's a global marketplace and, and there's a lot of brilliant people all all around the world. Um, I, I guess the other other question that I had um if you were giving some advice to first time founders or those looking to start a company um you know what are some of the the key bullet point learning lessons you have over the years
1: the partner one again don't sign anything handshake it for a for a year to determine who really wants this cuz it's going to be work um, two is with uh, tech now, I wish I would have known this platform, Figma, you can create clickable demos or prototypes without writing any code. And I would have done that journey instead of spending $30,000 to create an MVP, do your MVP with Figma, which is like a design platform, again, that's clickable, and do that to get feedback get feedback get feedback and then execute on your first software version so I tell people all the time do not do not do what I did
0: there yeah don't don't hard code a solution to as your mvp
1: yeah right and and then i would also I give you a third tip here is um again put the heavy lifting on your customers be in the mode you're you're here to learn from them and because in ninety nine percent of the time, the idea that you come up with is not the idea that makes money. You have to get feedback from customer, and your business is going to pivot, the design, the features, everything It's going to change, and you have to be open minded to that. Because at the end of the day, it's like you are not paying you; your customers are paying you. So you got to be in business for your customers.
0: Neat. And if you were to look back, um, you know, as to some of the recent. Um, you know, features that you've added to the solution. Are there mm-hmm. any that that you're really particularly proud of that you wanted to highlight?
1: Gosh i I really like the the score and the margin of safety, which was really what I created in Excel the first time. To but to see that in place is pretty cool. I I think the. The watch list feature, like, again, set it and forget it. You get notified if anything changes. So you can be off doing whatever hobbies you enjoy and you get a notification like, oh, this ex- business XYZ went south. But the new big one um, we just launched around the holidays, which is the 4M Confidence Booster powered by OpenAI. That, that has really created a level of confidence for our customers, this gamified experience that makes them walk through. It's not just showing them a score but walks them through the business, uh, customers really receiving that. Wow. So, so far, that's the most proud thing. The thing that I think that'll beat it will be the mobile app. I can't wait for the mobile app.
0: And that was my next question. In terms of new features Mm -hmm. that you have up and coming that that you can share with our community, it sounds like the mobile app. and Mobile app, and that will include this.
1: This is big because we're looking at, have you ever read the book, The Blue Ocean Strategy?
0: I have not. But okay. i heard
1: of it. It's a really smart model. I think it's just blue ocean strategy now with a on there. But anyway, it's how do you find like find something that's growing really fast in another industry and how do you apply it to your industry? You create a blue ocean. And I was looking at this was probably three years ago or two to three years ago. I was looking at Duolingo. And Duolingo has over, like today, over 600 million people using that platform to learn languages. Like, ha- have you ever used Duolingo? I have, yeah. Okay. Babbel's pretty good, too. They don't have it n- near the count. I think it's like over 10 million or something. Could be a lot more. But um, 600 million, it's like, wow, this business is really mine, moving. Mine well, line,
0: yeah.
1: did some homework on micro learning it's like 90% of people prefer micro learning modules over full-on courses. Now, Ticker does have full-on courses, but only for people that really want a deep dive. It's not our main revenue driver, but it's just there as a nice to have, and I need to have anyway, micro learning. I'm like, what Duolingo is doing with language learning, we need to be doing with investing. So that experience, this micro learning Like experience of learning investing will be built into the mobile app when it goes live. We're going to have like probably about fifty percent of the modules in place, like when to buy, when to sell, how to reduce risk, um, how does the platform work. But creating a short, sweet, to the point. Don't waste my time. Let me get up to speed as fast as possible. It is like I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to be best in class, and I cannot wait for that.
0: Really exciting. So let me ask you for any of our listeners that are are saying, I want to get, I'm in, (laughs) I want to get started. How, what is the on-ramp? How do they get started? What are the the numbers? How does, how does someone get get up and running? And
1: Yeah, it's super easy. Go to ticker.com. That's T-Y-K-R dot com. And uh, sign up for a free trial, 14 days, uh, no credit card. If you like Ticker after 14 days, you can simply add your credit card at that point. Our price point is it's uh, 15 bucks a month or 99 per year. Most people go with the, the yearly because you save. It's about equivalent to saving three months there. But, yeah, it's super easy. And when you get in, that gracious experience begins. Like we're going to be sending you educational emails giving you getting you up to speed as fast as possible so if you think you're a complete beginner and you have no right to invest in the market uh you you can think again you're gonna you're gonna be very very knowledgeable within 14 days
0: that's great and you know we'll leave a a link in the show notes for anyone that that is looking to get up and running but uh this has been great i really appreciate the uh time today Mm -hmm. and the journey and helping our our listeners understand a a new uh Strategy for investing and uh, how to pick the uh, best stocks for their their portfolio. Uh, coming up on our, our next episode, uh, we have Peter Wasmer. He's the founder of Pure Coastal Development Technologies and creator of Prove LAIO, uh, which is an automated service management platform revolutionizing efficiency and operations in the pool service segment of the market. Uh, Peter's lifelong entrepreneurial drive led him to transform yet another industry with his latest innovation and software solution. So be sure to tune in next week for that episode. And also uh, be sure to visit our website, softwareoasis.com, to access our free weekly software newsletter and sign up for our upcoming 2024 webinar series.